Okay, so I've talked a good bit recently about this idea of knowing where you're going and not being able to hit something you're not aiming at and all that jazz. And past guest in front of the show, uh, Pat O'Reilly, texted me there recently saying, what's the story, you know, when you're finished this season? Will it be Solo Season 9, Episode Number 1, or, or what, like? And or will there be conversations? Have you got conversations lined up and all that jazz? I love to fucking speak to people. I love nothing more than to speak to people. But no, I don't have people lined up. Um, in an ideal world, some come to contact me and say I'd go on. But until that happens, there's no sign of a conversation happening anytime soon. But his question as to what I'm going to do when this season is over. So this is what episode thirty six. So six more, and that's the fucking season done. I've absolutely no intention of starting uh, season nine straight away, but it got me thinking in from a different perspective, say, in relation to where I'm going forward generally. Because on one hand, I need to figure out where I'm taking this whole off the lead thing. Because again, how are you going to hit something that you're not aiming at? But there's a there's a carrot, not a carrot and a horse problem. There's a horse and cart problem here, and what I mean by that is. How am I supposed to decide where my final destination is if I don't know what my next step is? So I don't know what I'm going to do when I finish this season. So if I don't know what I'm going to do when I finish this season, how am I supposed to know what I'm going to be doing in relation to the whole off the lead thing? Or, or How am I supposed to know what destination it is that I'm striving to get to if I don't know what my first fucking step is? Or not my first step, my first step is long behind me. My next step rather. And that, and hence the, the mentioning of the, the horse and the car problem. And it's not as if I haven't put any thought into this before. I mean, I think about this kind of stuff endlessly. And to a large degree, I want to, I want to stumble blindly through it all to a degree to find out where I'll end up, as opposed to mapping it all out ahead of me and knowing where I'm going. But what that reminds me of is something I heard a lorry driver speak about before. So a big Arctic rigid, or a big articulated truck driver, huge big thing. And he mentioned the idea of near sight and far sight in relation to his driving. And what he was talking about was he has to be acutely aware of what's, you know, within 10 or 20 feet of him. So basically what's right in front of him. Because if he's not acutely aware of what's right in front of him, he's going to plough through it like it wasn't there. And if that happens to be 10 eight-year-olds, well then, tough shit for the 10 eight-year-olds. They just have to be power washed off the tarmac at him. But simultaneously, he needs to be acutely aware of what's happening a kilometre away, or maybe not a kilometre, but 500 metres away, say. Because if he's not, and he's focused 100% on what's right in front of him. If what's right in front of him is a traffic jam and he's travelling at 120 kilometres an hour, well, he's just going to fucking plough straight through said traffic jam. So there's an element of keeping a conscious eye on what's directly in front of you, but also not forgetting what's a little bit further on down the line. And there's something to that. And what I like about that is it's looking at my problem from a from a slightly different perspective. And I'm going to segue slightly here back to the whole mind, body, spirit thing. Because I've started thinking about that from a different perspective in an effort to try and concretize the terminology that I'm using. And it's under the banner of health. So we've all heard about our mental health. 
we should look after our mental health. It's the fucking front page of everything these days. It's all We're all focused on our mental health. We didn't know there was such a thing 15 minutes ago, and now we're all about it. But, you know, we haven't really defined it all that well. It's just, look after your mental health. Make sure you look after your mental health. Thumbs up. Look after your friend's mental health and your granny's mental health. But it's a very poorly defined term. But aside from all the bollocks of mental health, we have physical health then. So mental health is separate from physical health. So the idea is if you've got mental problems, you go see a a psychotherapist or a psychologist or a psychiatrist maybe. But if you've got physical health, you go see a doctor, you go see your GP or you have a nurse check you over. And if you want to make, let's say if you're you're mentally ill, you need to see a psychiatrist, broad sweeping generalization alert. If you're physically ill, you need to see a doctor. But if you want to just be mentally better, so let's say mentally you're doing well, but you want to be doing better. You might see a fucking life coach or a psychologist or a shrink or something of that nature. And in relation to your body, if you're physically sick, you need to go and see a doctor or a surgeon or a nurse or whoever it is. They look after the body. If you're sick, say. But if you aren't sick and you just want to be in better shape, well, then you go and visit a personal trainer or maybe a nutritionist or whatever else. So there's mental health and physical health. But I would argue that there's emotional health. Now, historically, it would have been your a priest or your rabbi or your imam or your witch doctor or your shaman that would have looked after your emotional health. Psychologically, you're doing fine. There's nothing bothering you. You're not torn between this decision or that decision. There's, you've no PTSD. Physically, you're tip-top. You're 100%. You've got, you know, you're fit, you're healthy and all the rest of it. You're not overweight. You're not underweight. You're strong. You're young. You're full of vitality and all the rest of it. But you just you're missing something, you're just, maybe you're depressed, or maybe you're just sad all the time, or maybe there's no joy in your life, and maybe you won the lotto, and you just, you know, it didn't even elevate your heart rate, because you're just, you're not in it, your life isn't just in it, you're, you're emotionally corrupted somehow, and mental, physical, and emotional, we kind of get that intuitively, mind, body, and spirit, I don't know, there's, there's, something about, there's something tangible about mental health and physical health and emotional health in a way that's not tangible when you speak of, term, speak of it in terms of the mind and the body and the spirit. The mind and the body and the spirit, they're, they're, too, they're too abstract. Mental health, physical health, emotional health, you're nailing something down a little bit more, you're concretizing it. And I, that hasn't solved my problem, I can't... Or maybe it has. Maybe there are the three words that I want to use from now on. Mental, physical and emotional. I haven't settled on that by any stretch of the imagination. But it's essentially, the reason I got to that is essentially because I just viewed the same thing from a different perspective. And in relation to where I'm going with the podcast and Pat O'Reilly's question of what are you going to do when this season is over, which is essentially my next immediate step. And my thoughts as to where I'm bringing this whole off-the-lead thing because I feel I need to know where it's going because I'm not going to hit something that I'm not aiming at. And the guy, that lorry driver, he was dealing with the same problem. And what helps for me is it's the same problem viewed from a different perspective. I also mentioned in the the last episode of the one before this idea that I'm too busy working in the business and not working on the business. And that got me thinking of that. That got me thinking of that generally. 
and I started thinking about when I started the business and even before I started the business. So before I actually actively started the business, before I started selling, all I did day and fucking night for God knows how long was work on the business because I didn't have a business to work in. But again, you're, you're lopsided in the same way that I'm lopsided now. I'm spending all my time working in the business and practically no time working on it. But before I started the business, I had the opposite problem. All I was doing was spending all my time working on the business and not working in it. And I think that's a, it's a, it's a hurdle that entrepreneurs or would-be entrepreneurs or want-to-be entrepreneurs or aspiring entrepreneurs, it's a big hurdle. That it's a bit, one of the first hurdles they have to fucking traverse on their journey. And it's this idea of getting away from working on the business and working in it. And what people will say to you is, how can I work in it if it doesn't exist? But you have to you have to manifest it. I mean, that's the whole point of being an entrepreneur. You have to manifest it. You have to essentially make it out of nothing. And it doesn't have to be, you know, skyscrapers and fucking helipads. It can be digging up your back garden with a fucking shovel, which is essentially how I got my business out of the ground. The point being that you, you have to start somewhere. And that's all well and good if you have a, a good idea of what you want to do. So I had this idea of growing plants, basically. So I built a polytunnel. It was kind of a straightforward thing. Then when I was growing in the polytunnel, I couldn't do it during the winter because I was losing light. So I put in a couple of bulbs. So I had extra light. But then as the winter creeped in, it wasn't fucking warm enough. I had plenty of light, but it wasn't warm enough. So I threw in a heater. And that worked for a while with the artificial light and the artificial heat. But it got to a point whereby I realised that I was heating something that was insulated with a millimetre thick of clear plastic. And that's no fucking good. But I couldn't cover it over because I needed the light. But hang on a second, I've already got lights in there, so I may as well cover it with a foot of insulation. And then I have my own lights and my own heat. And I can create my own climate. And I took it from there. And that's essentially the business that I have now. It's a controlled growing environment business. Microgreens happen to be the thing that I produce, but fundamentally it's a controlled growing environment business. I could grow mushrooms, I could grow different types of plants other than microgreens, I could grow fucking mice or rats or worms or anything you could think of, anything that needs a particular environment in order for it to do its thing. What you need in order to accomplish that is a controlled growing environment. I've told this to buyers before, They'll ask me, you know, what can you grow from? And what I'll say kind of jokingly is I'll grow you an oak tree if you're fucking willing to pay me for it. Because there's a there's a there's a trade-off between how much it costs to grow something and what people are willing to spend on it. But to just flesh it out a little, Edelweiss is a type of plant, a type of flowering plant that grows above the tree line in the Alps. Now I could grow that stuff for you here in Ireland. No problem at all. I just literally grow it in a freezer. Give it the conditions that it's used to. Give it the conditions that are present above the tree line in the Alps and it'll just do its thing. And when I turn all this on myself and on my thoughts of off the lead and what I'd like to do and what I'd like to achieve, I think the next thing that I'm going to do, what's coming out of the wash here, is I'm going to tie with some different... With some different media. I think video is probably the next thing they'll do. I think solo season 9. Could be a video season. The whole, the entire thing could be on YouTube. 
it mightn't be in podcast land at all because again i never i never my my initial thoughts for off the lead wasn't that it was going to be a podcast i mean the fucking tagline for it for the longest while was not just a podcast so maybe solo season nine will be in video format maybe you'll have to fucking tune into youtube to watch it maybe it won't exist in in this podcast sphere and again, like I've, like I've said fucking 101 million times now at this stage. The thoughts of me going from audio into video have always been there. I've already uploaded a fucking half a dozen different videos. They're on the Off The Lead YouTube channel. Fucking give us a subscription, uh, like a good lad. And maybe check out some of the videos that are there. Now, the majority of content are just the... The audio files converted into a video format so I can upload them to YouTube. But there are videos there. I did one on the bow and I did another one on a winemaking kit. And there's another few bits and pieces that are in there. But what I'm striving to get across here is... Number one, I've already uploaded videos. Number two, I've already set up essentially a studio for recording videos in... I've always said it wasn't just a podcast. So all these thoughts, I, I knew all of this, but I hadn't, I hadn't pulled it all together. And that's the beauty of speaking extemporaneously in these terms. And not just speaking t- extemporaneously because I don't need to record myself and upload myself to the internet to have these thoughts. I can have these thoughts in my head, but uploading them exercises them from me. And it makes me, it makes me more accountable more than anything. It's like when I was saying about setting a new standard for myself there probably a week or two ago. I've, sti- I've done that. I have literally established a new standard. And I'm living by it on a day-to-day basis. But I suppose one of the main factors in making that a reality and incorporating it and integrating it was telling use cunts about it. Because use cunts hold me accountable. Even though I never hear from fucking any is, it doesn't matter. In my mind, I've put it out there. And in my mind... I'm now at least more accountable than I would have been otherwise. Because accountability is key. It's all, it's all well and good saying, oh yeah, I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that and I'm going to do the fucking other and I'm going to take over the world. Yeah, are you, yeah? And who are you accountable to? Nobody. If it's all in your head, you're accountable to yourself. But we're, maybe not we, but I'm an absolute fucking black belt in mental gymnastics when it comes to excusing myself for not doing the things that I said that I was going to do. But I'm getting better. And having an audience of sorts helps massively with that. Because again, it, it makes me that little bit more accountable. And I'm getting braver as well. Like I've uploaded some fucking... I've uploaded some stuff recently enough as well that would have mortified me in the past. And I remember in earlier seasons, I said this explicitly. I said, lads, I'm going to fucking... Rest assured, when I recorded this... And hit upload. I had my runners and my shorts on. I hit upload and I ran out the door. On a run. Just to distance myself from the embarrassing thing that I had just uploaded to the world. I really, I literally had to run out in my own way. These days I don't give a fuck. Because I've already embarrassed myself. You know, quote unquote embarrassed myself. To such a degree that that kind of stuff doesn't bother me anymore. I'm, I'm, I'm stronger. I don't know if that's mentally stronger or emotionally stronger. Or maybe a little bit of both. And that's from, I suppose, exposing myself. It's exposure therapy. It's like fucking, if you've got a fear of, if you've got a fear of dogs, 
buy a book about dogs and look at the pictures of the dogs. Watch some videos about dogs. Walk past the house you know that there's a dog in. Get close to a tiny little dog. Build yourself up. Listen to a dog barking in your fucking headphones. Exposure therapy is key to getting over any obstacle, essentially. Any fear. Anything that you, anything that you have a fear of. Whether it's speaking publicly, making a show of yourself, uploading your podcast to the internet, publishing your fucking blog, whatever the hell it is wearing pink trousers out in public or shaving your head or letting your hair grow or growing a fucking goatee. People are terrified of doing fucking anything these days. And exposure therapy goes a long way. Holy fuck, it's 16 and a half minutes, lads. On that note, I'll chat you tomorrow.